It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast. Here to talk all things Griffins, Firebirds, and Walleye are your hosts, Nick Harrington and Brandon Cook. So, we recorded an episode that'll never see the light of day because it was bad. It's going to stay in the vault. Yep. It would make a good blooper episode. That's all I can say. It was it was rough. It was rough listened to. It was a rough attempt to edit it. I just deleted it. Um, so that's why there wasn't one last week. And to be honest, there wasn't a lot of action to cover in the last week either. So it kind of felt like we were reaching. So yeah, this week we have a lot more to talk about. We are a little bit more prepared. We have our technology issues somewhat remedied. Oh, so, Jesus. Yeah, it only took an hour. We got there. I have a new computer, so we're recording on that today. And uh, we're actually going into a new platform, too. So, uh, Yeah, well, let's, let's introduce ourselves first here, though. So, Who are you? I don't know who I am. Who are you? No, welcome to the Hockey Town West Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm Nick, GR Hockey Guy. Some exciting news to share. Exciting news for the podcast. <laughs> so Kyle from the Hockey Podcast Network reached out to us a couple weeks ago, and we had been talking to him, and we decided it was a no-brainer to join their network and be a part of their family. They're growing over there. There's tons of shows on there. Uh, there's already two Red Wings ones on there, but I think we are the only one on there that focuses on the minor league hockey side of things that I can see for our area. Yeah, for our area. Yeah, for Michigan. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Red Wings, and there's a lot of other, you know, the Chicago's, the Minnesota's, the all the other teams that are around here in the NHL. When you get into the minors for this area, there's not much. So Toronto, Toronto, can't forget yeah. about Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is an exciting thing for us. Um, they've been nothing but helpful since we've joined them. There's been a lot of transition for us, transitioning host sites, recording software, getting the option to use new softwares from them, which has been huge for us. Uh, learning a lot, so there'll be a lot of learning curves. So bear with us, but we are excited about this. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, to me, it's crazy because we started this what 13, 12 weeks ago. Thirteen. This weeks is episode ago? twelve, so probably 13, 14 weeks ago because we've missed a couple in there. Yeah, and it's just like it. This is going so fast. How do we slow this train down? No, we're not slowing down. It's good. Over. That's why I'm like, just give us till the season starts. I'm hoping we have everything figured out and things sound a lot better and things will get better as podcasters. Things already sound better from day one. Do you remember day one recording on one single microphone oh my. in my bedroom while you sat in a camping chair because I didn't have a chair for you? <laughs> you did. I do remember that. that was a, we've come a long way. We started from the bottom. Now we're here. Now we're, now we're somewhere in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more towards the... The top of the bottom. Like the bottom quarter. Yeah, the bottom <laughs> quarter. We're, we're slowly getting... I know somebody told me that they listened to our first episode, and I was just like, you did not. And they're like, yeah, I did. I'm like, don't listen. <laughs> Please, let's just like listen to our most recent one. That's the best one. For you know, what we knew then to what we know now, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. It was. It was, yeah, it was, it was terrible. 
(laughs) (laughs) That one should just go in the vault, too. Honestly. No. So, I'm excited. We're going to see... We're on more platforms, so people will be able to listen to us on their favorite podcasting apps. Yeah. Like, Google is... Google's coming. iHeartRadio is there now. There's... iHeartRadio's, too. What? (laughs) You said iHeartRadio. I said iHeartRadio, too. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, There's a couple other ones, as well, that we've been introduced to through that now, too, and... We'll be sharing more on Twitter as, as stuff comes out here. This literally all got finalized, what, three days T- ago? Tuesday. Last Tuesday? Well, we got access to stuff like two days ago. Oh, yeah. So, so two days ago. Yeah, so. it's been a wild two days. <laughs> um, Yeah. So this week we're going to cover, we've got Toledo. Yes. Who's still have, playing. Thank God. I hope they make a quick series of this one, too. We have... We're going to go through our season recap. We're going to continue that. We're going to start yeah. with goalies. Yeah, we're going to dive into the goalie situation in Grand Rapids, which was a wild Interesting. One. Yeah. <laughs> it was something, for sure. We saw a lot of them. So there's a lot to cover there. And, and uh, we'll talk a little AHL playoff action, too. As, oh, yeah. As things have changed a little bit in that landscape over the past couple of days, finally, after whatever their schedule is, because it's stupid. The scheduling lately has been very weird. Even in the NHL, today we have... Th- we're recording this Sunday. There's three games today. There was one game yesterday. Yeah, one game on a Saturday. It was super weird. I wish... Like, I'm used to NHL playoffs, like, on a Saturday, you have a game at, like, 3, a game at 5, a game at 7, then you have the 10 o'clock game. Like, they usually put 4 in there. I know we're in a later round, but dang. I wish they'd move the crack into a lower... Like, an earlier time so people, more people could watch them. Yeah, nobody that lives in their city wants that. <laughs> yeah, they're the 1%. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. So, Brandon, you want to kick us off for game one on Toledo? Because you... I don't even think these. if they haven't listened, they don't know who's playing. Oh. Toledo's playing. We know that. Yeah, so... so Toledo moved on to the second round after their first round sweep of the Indy Fuel, uh, which was, of course, thrilling. And then Cincinnati and Fort Wayne ended up going seven games... Um, which I didn't understand and never thought that was going to be the case. I thought Cincinnati was going to make a pretty quick exit with that one too. And it got interesting. I was hoping Fort Wayne was going to pull off the upset. I was hoping so too because Fort Wayne was closer to us to go to a game. Not by much though. Not by much, but it's a little. Co- I did look it up, and it's like three. It's still about three and a half hours. Oh, I mean, we could go to both then, though. That's <laughs> the thing. Uh, anyways, Fort Wayne or Indy, Indy, no. Since he's five and a half hours. Yeah, since he's a drive. I've yeah. done that drive once in my life. It's a drive. If we go, we do have to go to Skyline. Somebody mentioned it. It's some Coney place. Oh. Uh, we're <laughs> so, not going to Cincinnati. I don't want... Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> that barn looks... Uh, <laughs> Atrocious. Oh, my God. But anyways. All right. Uh, so Cincinnati in Fort Wayne series went to game seven. And, like, the last... like I think it was the game six. Like, Fort Wayne shut him out, like, five or six nothing. It was impressive, but you noticed a trend out of that series that's kind of playing a part in this series already, too. And it's Cincinnati's lack of discipline, which you were pointing out in some of the Fort Wayne games. So show me what you got there. So I watched Game 7 because I wanted to see if Fort Wayne was going to pull off the comeback. And this game, like this entire series, has been super chippy between the two teams. The Game 7, since he won one nothing to be to move it, to move ahead, to advance... But Fort Wayne had 46 minutes of penalties, and Cincinnati had 30. 
minutes of penalties, which is a lot. I mean, that's that's a lot a, in the that's, game. That's a half a game. Um, the game prior to that, game six, Fort Wayne will beat Cincinnati six nothing, and that that game, Fort Wayne had forty five minutes of penalties, and Cincinnati had fifty three minutes of penalties. So they were just like brawling each other the last two games. And if you noticed, I noticed too on the other games that they had played, the game five, there was 51 minutes of penalties by Cincinnati. Holy smokes. 37 by Fort Wayne. And Fort Wayne won that game. Yeah. For, and uh, a lot of those, there's three, there were three goals on the power play. If I go back, if we go back to ep- or episode four, <laughs> <laughs> if we go back to game four, they were a little bit more disciplined in that game. It was fourteen minute penalty, fourteen minutes of penalties for Cincinnati and twenty two for Fort Wayne. But we, in game three, they went off again. They went off again. It was sixty two minutes of penalties for Cincinnati and then forty two for Fort Wayne. And game one, there was ten minutes of penalties for Fort Wayne and eighteen for Cincinnati. So, like the first two games seemed pretty low. Or, well, the first game was low. The first, second game looks like it was just an all out brawl. Yeah, it it was just, and that's. I mean, we kind of saw the same thing on game one with Toledo versus Cincinnati. Yeah, so let's transition here to game one here. Um, If you can pull up that stat sheet for me there real quick, just so I had those numbers in front of me. Beautiful. So, (laughs) holy crap. Yeah. So, uh, the other thing, too, we should mention, the first, Cincinnati finished in the division number one. Yes, they won the division for the regular season. They are very good. They are. And so we're playing the first two games in Cincinnati. Yep. And then they have the home ice advantage in the ECHL, which is game one and two at home. Then six and seven at home as well. Yep. It's, it's, it's different than the NHL, but it's still at least a seven game series. Yeah. And I, I don't mind the two and three and then two, the NBA does it. It works. I don't either. And if you're the team that gets the home ice advantage, you hope to God you win at least one of those two games at home or you're going into the visitor's barn. For three straight games, which at that point they've stolen home ice advantage from you, but makes it tougher for sure. So what I noticed looking at Cincinnati Fort Wayne, they had those games where there was like you know what maybe ten penalty minutes a piece on each yeah. team there, and then the next game it turns around and there's 30, 40, 50, whatever. In each of those games, it was a game where Cincinnati was down and they were down big, right? So this game, game one for Toledo and Cincinnati, Toledo wins this game six to two. But and it didn't feel like it was that close. It didn't either. Like that, it didn't feel like that much of a blowout. Like I, the first period, Toledo scored fifteen seconds in. Yep. Gordy Green gets it. Hawkins and Vero with the assist. So Green is just picking up from where he left off with the first series. I oh, was yeah. I was nervous because there was a week off in between. No, they didn't miss a step. Whatever Dan Watson did with practice and keeping these guys ready for game scenarios, did a very good job with because these guys did not look rusty at all it was for you know we were just talking to toledo fans they all kind of expected what we expected they were going to come out of the gate slow and for being a week off that was really good hockey that they played in the first uh so you said gordy gets that first goal there since he gets one 12 minutes in and 16 minutes in bliss gets one from tatayev and hawkins on the power play um again as game i think it was game one against uh the fuel Power yep. play goals are a trend here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Toledo's very good on the power play, which is something we didn't really see a whole lot in Grand Rapids. Now, Cincinnati takes a lot of penalties, but they also led the ECHL in shorthanded goals in the regular season. They had 17 shorthanded goals in the regular season, which is a pretty unheard of number. Well, I mean, you got to be good on the shorthand if you're 
in the box that much. Yeah, correct. Yeah. <laughs> you had a lot of opportunity. They, <laughs> I wonder where they fell in the league with total penalty minutes, if they led the league or not. Um, there was no goal scored in the second. There was 11 Toledo shots and six, six Cincinnati shots. But the third period is where this really kind of unwinds for Cincinnati. And it was a hit. It was a hit. Allen boards Charlie Curdy from the back, and it was a nasty hit. Curdy was down. It ends up coming back to the ice. Thank God. I thought he was done. I thought playoffs were done right there. That was a disgusting hit. It was nasty. Uh, resulted in a, in a five in a game. So you put the Toledo walleye on a five-minute power play. And he was suspended. He, yeah, he for did game, get suspended for game two. For game yep. two. So you put the walleye on a five-minute power play here. And that's the worst thing you could do if you're <laughs> their, their opponent. Um, Toledo didn't score just one, not two, not three, but four. Count them up. <laughs> power play goals in four freaking minutes. If we were home, that's a lot of chili. That's a lot of chili. <laughs> like, they absolutely unloaded. Now, it doesn't help the fact that after that uh, boarding major happened, Cincinnati took another penalty, and then they took another penalty. So they had two two minutes, or they had five, almost five full minutes of five-on-three hockey. Yeah. And you can't, you can't do that against this t- Toledo. No. They will make you pay. So <laughs> If you needed to get off to a good start, you've been off for a week. I mean, that's the way to do it. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> like, like <laughs> you you can't argue this. So, we'll give you the goal run down here. Seven minutes, ten seconds into the third on this power play. Hawkins from Barton into Tyev. That guy's pretty good. Hawkins? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's pretty good at hockey, you know? <laughs> uh, then, literally a minute later, almost, Gordy Green with an assist from Barton and Hawkins. That's his second one for the game. Yes, that's Gordy's second. He got the first and the second, his third of the playoffs. And then, nine minutes, 30 seconds in, to Tyev from Bliss and Hawkins. And then, and 10 minutes, 11 seconds into the period, Bliss from Barton and Green. You're saying these names a lot. Well, it's pretty easy to say those names a lot when you see the numbers that these guys put up. I mean, Hawkins, a goal and four assists in this game. Like that right there is incredible. Bliss, a goal and a, two goals and an assist. Green, two goals and an assist. Tatayev, a goal and two assists. Barton, three assists. Vero, an assist. Like, you get a point. You get a point. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Oprah over here. And again, after a week off, Costa gets to start in this game. Not really tested too much. Yes, he lets in two, but. One of them was, uh, one of them was, he was screened. I don't really fault either of them on him. One of them, he, yeah. both of them, he couldn't do anything about with the position he was in. He wasn't out of position by any means. But for being off that long and not really tested in a game that's getting as wild as this one, kept his focus and obviously. Gave the team the opportunity to win, and that power play made sure the team got the win. Is he? He's undefeated in the playoffs, right? Um, both the goalies are. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. The two goalie system in the playoffs is working very well for this team right now. Um, final tally for shots on goal in this game too: Toledo thirty-seven, Cincinnati seventeen. And, so, a, and a lot of those, a lot of those came in the. Well, they no, they're pretty evenly spaced to be honest. I mean, Toledo had fourteen in the first to since he's five, so I mean the ice was pretty slanted, and it wasn't just that five minute major or all those penalties on the third where they really took advantage of the shots. I mean, fourteen in the first, eleven in the second, uh, twelve in the third. So I mean, they were pretty pretty close together since he five, six, and six. Like that's that's remarkable to keep that that amount of defense like that pressure on them it's a regular griffin season game average and shots right there don't remind me <laughs> i'm not over the last season yet <laughs> uh, yeah uh 
Toledo went five for eight on the power play in this one. <laughs> yeah. But... And uh, Cincinnati went over one. Three stars of the game, Gordy Green, Trenton Bliss, and Brandon Hawkins. So this is the part I'll talk about before we get into game two. Attendance for this game. Oh, I was gonna. Li- I was like, I hope you don't skip this because this was gnarly. This was a Friday night playoff game. Friday night. Yeah. Second round. Second round playoff game. League leading in the division, like the division wins, leader. Yeah, wins the division in the regular season. You think that this is gonna be like okay? This place should be rocking, right? Twenty six hundred fans showed up. How many people could fit in this barn? Over seventeen thousand. Wait, what? Over seventeen thousand. So like the same that seven thousand bigger than Van Andel. So it's about the same as what the Phoenix Coyotes can hold. No, they can only hold like five. Five thousand? Yeah. So, the Arizona Coyotes Arena is only five thousand. So that's so they would have been half the attendance yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. The place would have actually looked full. It looked <laughs> empty. And here's the other thing too. A big problem for Cincinnati. Toledo fans travel. They travel well. Yeah, they do. And it it's sounded that, like a home game. It's not that far either. I checked the distance between. It's like two and a half hours or something like that. Yeah, I know two you were hours. having audio issues for that game, but it sounded like a home game every time they scored. And it was even more Toledo fans in the arena on Saturday night. <laughs> like they, I'll have to show you the video after we're done recording. There was a video that someone had shared where the team saluting the crowd. The walleye are saluting the crowd because there's that many walleye fans there. <laughs> oh, now, no. I love this. I love this so much. It's so great. <laughs> now, I feel for Cincinnati here where there's been talks of this arena getting redone, rebuilt, or a new new barn for this team, and the price tag is steep. Well, because they're trying, are they trying to build another 17000 I don't know what they're trying to build in general. Um, I mean, they only need to build like... Or renovate that existing building because what I've seen people talk about online is... It's a very old building in the perfect location. Yeah, I saw it was like the right downtown. Oh, yeah, it's perfect. I mean, they could do a smaller arena, like 3,000. They might not sell out. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, that's mean. But the biggest problem with that arena, not just the fans not showing up, was the freaking nets. It looks like the Cincinnati Nets are on these little like rubber posts that just pop right out if a goalie pushes off. Oh, they pushed out a lot. They pushed yeah. off a lot. Well, even the walleye had tweeted the start of the second period in that game, and three minutes in, the net had been off three times. Yeah. On both sides. It's not the goalie intentionally pushing it off. Like, the fact that the rule of if the puck is shot at the net and the net comes off, but the puck was already shot beforehand, and it goes in the net, and it's a goal, like, that's a commonly reviewed rule in that arena apparently because it happens so frequently it's terrible it just takes the whole flow out of the game and it's irritating to watch it was like every couple minutes like i didn't have audio so i'm just watching i'm like why aren't we playing hockey like where's hockey (laughs) yeah and it's like that's got to be uncomfortable for the goalie like because you're pretty you're gonna hug that post and be up on it if you can and you really can't there so you're really kind of adjusting your whole game, and I, I'm really glad both Walleye goalies adjusted just fine. I mean, obviously they played in this arena before, but yeah, what a garbage barn, man. Could you, I mean, I I don't want to be like, just to wait till like, if these games get closer and it takes one goal and you have the goal coming off of the post, like how much of a difference is that going to make in a series? Because the, I mean, game, what was it? Game seven for the last series, there was a reviewed goal and they had to call it back. 
goaltender interference. That was crazy. They almost went into overtime in the last minute. But what if something like that happens? What if it's a series-defining goal that gets called back or gets canceled or whatever, like, because of the goal issue? Well, maybe we won't be back there. Who knows? All <laughs> <laughs> well, the way we're playing, yeah, probably not. It might not be. I mean, we'll look back on it and be like, oh, yeah, watch. Nick called it in game. Uh... <laughs> game seven. Here we go. Well, I get screwed because the net came off. Thanks, I don't, Nick. I don't think it's going to take it to game seven. I'm not saying any predictions because I'm not jinxing anything. I'm not going to be the reason this team falls apart. So, I mean, we were there when they lost. Yeah, but they had blown <laughs> the streak before we were there. It's fine. That is true. We wanted that, remember? We did want that. Not really wanted that, but we didn't want the pressure. We did not want the pressure. So anyways, game two Saturday night. Um, yeah. 3,100 people showed up for this one at least. <laughs> right on the dot. Yeah, not... all the extra Toledo fans. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a Saturday, so it was a little bit easier to travel. I just can't believe not even. I mean, yes, that arena is probably too big for an ECHL team, but man, at least pull five, six, seven thousand. Like, that's crazy to me. I wonder what ticket cost is. Um, have a look one of these maybe if there's another game there yeah i mean i'm sure they're selling them i I mean i'm sure there's some available (laughs) one or two one or two um so yeah game two and toledo wins this one five to two it what a game it was i mean it was still it was very uneventful to me i thought it was an uneventful game because the other night there was 30 penalty minutes on one side. There was only two on that side in this game. So, that yeah, they did play... Cincy uh, can play discipline. I mean, they did it in the Fort Wayne game, every other game, almost. And this game, they only had one penalty. I mean, th- they they were able to adjust. Toledo had They adjusted. Six. Yeah. But it didn't do anything. It didn't do anything. The game, the same result. Um... <sighs> I don't know. This game was tough. This game was tough to talk about, really, because so they switched goalies. They yeah, put Lethemin in. Yeah, Lethemin gets to start. So we're still running two goalies, even in the second round here. And he took he got a lot of shots thrown at him. Thirty-eight shots, thirty-six saves, two and against him. Um, since he played two goalies, one guy was be warm, and then the other guy was empty net. Empty net let in one goal. That empty <laughs> net let in one goal. Dang. Yeah, Hawkins got a, a good one on that one. I'm wondering if since he goes to their other goalie next game. Empty net or? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sinclair. I wonder if they go to him. Because Warm is, uh, he's having a rough series so far. So Lethman faced 38 shots in this one, stops 36. Pretty dang good game. Like, I'm impressed with his play again. He continues to show why he's ECHL goalie of the year. He... Again, after his week off as well, they each only played two games in the first round. Yeah. And they're still putting up the numbers they're putting up. And, yeah, super impressive. First period was all Toledo walleye. Thomas Ebbing started off with two minutes and five seconds, and he scored. Uh, It was quick. I wasn't even able to catch it. Nope. This team's very good at scoring quick in these playoff games. They don't screw around. They didn't even show a replay. That arena barely shows replays for anything. The broadcast was terrible because somebody was already logged in. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Uh, Gordy Green continues his tear, gets this fourth of the playoffs. And then since he answers back in the second, Drew Warhead scored uh, Stewart's and Tataya with the assist. Well, after two, what? Toledo's up three to one? Toledo's up three to one after two here. And then 
nine minutes into the third since he gets back within one. And then I'm like, uh, it was, I mean, we always, we kept this two goal lead for a lot and then it would, we'd answer right back. So Hensick got the, got us on the board with 10 minutes and 46 seconds. So it didn't take him long to answer back. Nope. Ward with an assist. And then the last goal was an empty netter by Hawkins and Ward assisted on that as well. So, I mean, Ward finished, I mean, that's player of the game right there. Yeah. Warhead had a fantastic game. Goal, two assists, plus two. The team overall was plus 20 together. <laughs> to Cincinnati's minus 21. It's all about balance. That was, yeah, something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, the GR guys just are on a tear in these playoffs. They're truly showcasing their skill, but the team around them continues to be a great support system for them. Lots of depth on this team. Everybody's participating in a way. It might not be on a score sheet. It might not be with a goal or an assist, but the entire team is playing so dang well right now. Um, there's really no stopping them. No, I <clears throat> I think they're going to end up sweeping this, to be honest with you. I think they come back, and when you get your Toledo fans behind them, I mean, I think that's it's it's game over. They, they, I, I'm not going to say they sweep them because of how back and forth the Cincinnati-Fort Wayne series was, and Cincinnati can throw something together. I don't think we're back in Cincinnati playing another hockey game this year, though. No, I don't think so either. I I mean, this game was a lot more tighter, I would say, than game one, where I felt like... the shot total it was. Shot total, but it, like, I felt like there wasn't a whole lot of breakaways or those stretch passes that we're accustomed to seeing and, like, odd man rushes. It was, it was a much tighter game. Every time I looked up, like, it was just kind of more of a dump and chase kind of game. Yeah, we didn't see, like, Toledo is really good at the stretch pass and we did not see many of those in that game but i kind of remember that being the same case with round one where like the first game we saw a lot of that and then game two and three we didn't and then game four we did it's just i guess whatever system they're adopting at that time and implementing i mean you don't want to run the same exact play every single game so they're definitely keeping the opposing team on their toes with what they're doing so which is good to be able to win on different you know different styles of play yeah Oh, I mean, great start to the second round for Toledo. Um, I already saw multiple comments just looking at posts in like from, from directly from the ECHL. Just everyone's like, "Man, an Idaho Toledo final is going to be a thriller." <laughs> because do you that, know? Do you know who they played last year? Um, I don't remember who they played last year. And then I'm wondering how many people were from Toledo from Toledo at these games. How much of that actually took over the attendance? When I show you that video later, you're going to be like, holy crap, it was... It's probably like when I was at Kalamazoo and everybody was there. It was like almost a one-for-one, it looked like. I I mean, there were a lot of open seats. I do remember watching that on... Well, yeah, and I mean, I don't anticipate Cincinnati selling out a 17,000-seat arena at any point in time. There's no way. Even in a final, I don't see that place filled, but it was pretty, pretty poor turnout. Yeah, it was pretty poor. On a Friday night. Friday and Saturday. Like, come on. I mean, I get a Tuesday in Cleveland, but... (laughs) That that arena is bigger than the Cleveland arena. Oh uh, no, 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 no! That's 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 a little bigger. That, that one's like eighteen or nineteen. How much? But yeah. But they share it with an NBA team. Yeah, which Cincinnati doesn't share this arena with anybody. That's so odd. At least, I mean, major sports. I mean, there might be college or something like that. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not from Cincinnati. Good thing. The commute for this podcast would suck. Yeah, it would. <laughs> So that that wraps up Toledo. Do you have anything you want to add to Toledo to the walleye? 
Um, I'm very excited with what I'm seeing so far. That's that's all I know. I'm very excited with how the team is playing. Just keep doing what they're doing, man. They're, they're just such a fun team to watch. Even when the games are, like you said, not as thrilling, they're still a fun team to watch. Some of those goals last night, I think it was either, I think it was Greens. Uh, it was NHL quality scoring is what I saw. Yeah, it's funny to say that it wasn't exciting and it was 5-2. to two. <laughs> it was just the well, most because four game. of those goals didn't come in four minutes on yeah. a power play. Yeah, oh, that was nuts. Toledo uh, didn't have any power play opportunities last night. I so felt the reason it wasn't six seven two. Um, moving on to the Griffins because we're talking about goalies. But first, a word from our sponsor: light the lamp during hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers make a five dollar bet and score one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly. I know I've still got the Oilers on lock as Stanley Cup champions at currently plus 500 in DraftKings. It seems like a no-brainer to me. Connor McDavid is getting his cup this year. I'm calling it now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up with code THPN. New customers make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 of bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or, or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes and offer details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsibility gambling resources. Grand Rapids goalies. We're going to do their player... Re- di- what are we doing? <laughs> wow. What do we want to call this? Uh, this would be season recap. Part goalie, because we don't have numbers on these parts at this point, because uh, we don't know how many parts we'll do. But we're focusing only on the goalies that came through and played at least one game in Grand Rapids. Started one game or no, finished one game? No, made an appearance in one game. Okay. <laughs> yes. We, you can't not talk about St. Cyr. Come on. Yeah, he was an all-star. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he stopped all... We'll get there. <laughs> So am I kicking us off? You're going to kick us off. We're going to start by the amount of games played and start that way. Because you would imagine, typically, we'd only talk about three goalies, right? Your Mm -hmm. starter, your backup, and then your emergency backup goalie. Well, Grand Rapids had eight (laughs) goalies this year. Tied for the league lead of goalie appearances in the AHL with Belleville with eight. So we led the league in one statistic tied to the league lead. <laughs> one of our goalies is also on their list of eight goalies too so this is wild do you think you've ever seen this before no like you've I've seen a lot of goalies but when that ever happened in the past that i can remember because the only times there were memorable moments of a lot of goalies when you get like the conditioning stints from detroit like you know when jimmy howard got a conditioning stint down here um I can't remember if Ozzy ever did or not. I thought he did at one point too. You would assume that he had to have. Yeah, there was there was a couple of different stints like that, but I don't remember. The most I remember consistently is like four or five. Eight is a lot. Eight is a lot. And a lot of these guys probably won't be back next year. No, most likely not. So kick us off. Who was our start? Who played the most games this year for Grand Rapids? I'm starting with the most or the least? The most. All right. 
uh, the beat Mr. Alex Nadelkovich. If you would have told me this in the beginning of the season, I would not have believed you. It was real. It wasn't a fever dream. I promise. It was fun, though. It was a lot of fun. I was so excited when he got... I mean, I wasn't excited that he got sent down because I wanted it to do well, but I was excited to be able to watch him. Yeah, I mean, he's a one of the most likable dudes um, out there, so you don't want to see him not be successful, but also you got to see him play in front of you for 26 games. So... And he played well. He played very well down here. So just a breakdown for Ned's 26 games. He had a 2.71 goals against average with a .912 save percentage, 13 wins, 9 losses, and one shootout loss in that time. Do you, How do you feel he played for the season? Do you think this was more of a him thing, or do you think it was more of the team that was in front of him? Oh, God, no, it wasn't the team in front of him. <laughs> No, it was very much a him thing. Ned stepped into net any night that he was playing and gave this team a chance to win a lot of games that they should not have had a chance to win. There was multiple times where we were like, wow, Ned really stood on his head in that game. Yeah, he had a couple soft goals here and there, but for a guy that went from being in in the AHL, winning a Calder Cup, goes to the NHL as a Calder Trophy finalist, comes to Detroit, has a very good first season in Detroit, and then the second season he's with us, it was rough. It was a bad start for him in Detroit. And he comes here, gets sent down, and he did not, like, hang his head about it. He did the work. He knew the work he would have to do. And, you know, most of his pressers, too, you heard, he's just doing the work. He, he wants to do that work. And everyone around him acknowledged that he was doing everything possible to be the best version of himself. And he did fantastically He was here. He was typically the last guy off the ice, too. Yeah, for a goalie, that's pretty crazy. In, it's weird because goalies are voodoo. Like that's what we've heard all playoffs. Goalies are voodoo. Goalies are voodoo. They are. They are. They all have a routine. Do you think he's back next year? It's tough. I don't know. Do you think he wants to come back? I feel like that's the main thing. Is like we would love to have him back, but it's more of like it's a him thing at this point because. Does he come back and try to regain his position in the team and like be back to Detroit or because there's no way he takes a backup spot, right? Or being, being sent down to the AHL. There's no way he takes a contract. That's just like a two way deal where you start in the AHL. I don't think he takes that from Detroit. I don't think, I think he's better than that. I do too. Cause he went back to Detroit in the last, what, two weeks of the season it played well. Played very well. It was classic Ned. So I don't know. I don't want to see him go. I'd I'd kill for him to be here. Cause he's not signed for next year. So he's open to go anywhere, right? He's not Correct. restricted. He's not unrestricted. He's, he's an unrestricted free agent. He is will he's free to go wherever. And I don't see a point where it's like because I mean we all we all kind of assume who one of the Griffins goalies will be next year. That that's not a secret. Who? Kosa. Okay. Um, a, a tandem of Ned and Kosa, I'd, I'd die. That'd, that'd be sick. That'd be the greatest thing ever. Because Ned has over 100 games AHL experience. He has playoff experience. He has Calder Cup finals and winning Calder Cup experience. And he's got the low seasons to go with it, too, to, like, balance. Yeah, to he walk. can teach Kosa so much. Yeah. But their goaltending styles are so different. I don't know how much he'd really learn. Because Ned is a lot of movement, and Kosa is a lot of, I'm going to use my being a giant 
to my advantage yeah. and cut off every angle possible and just make sure I'm square to the puck at all times. I mean, I still think the goalies can have different systems, but you can still, or like different styles, and they can still learn a lot. Like, Ned's been there. He's got the games. He's got the ups and downs, and he can really translate that over to Kosa because Kosa's not going to come here and be great right off the bat. You no. know? Like, Which we'll get to him, but. <laughs> and. I don't think Ned's here, though. To, to, to circle back to the original question, yeah. no, I don't think Ned is back in this organization next year unless they're going to put him in Detroit and he stays in Detroit. He's not going to walk in. He's not going to sign another deal with the possibility of having what happened to him this year happen again. That's fair. No shot. And if I'm wrong and that does happen, awesome. Love it. Because, I mean, we really struggled with goalies in the first half of the season until Ned got here. It really yes. solidified that spot we had a starting goalie finally yeah we didn't really have that all season long because i mean going into this season our starting goalie we would have assumed it was going to be victor victor bradstrom right yeah it would have been either okinara or bradstrom that was what we went into the start of the season knowing like that was our two goalies and by the end of the season they weren't neither of them yeah (laughs) bradstrom's due to injury and then uc yeah obviously so, if you want to wrap up on Ned, I'm just really, I hate that it had to happen that way, but I'm really glad it did because we got to watch him and I got to meet him once, twice. And again, like you had to meet him twice. Yeah. I went to the great skate. Remember? Oh yeah. Yep. And I kid you not watching a guy stand there with the autograph line that was in front. It's just, he just stepped on the ice at the great skate. He's, I think it was the last guy to go. For this, whole, this whole event had already been going for 24 hours. He steps on the ice in the line for autographs for him and just to meet him and talk to him was so long. He but he didn't rush anybody. He was the most patient person. Made sure everyone got their pictures and everything signed and got pictures with him. And was just, he's just the nicest dude. So He was. I enjoyed meeting him at the autograph session. He signed my rookie card that I had of yeah. him. So that was cool. And he even signed the jerseys. So, um, yeah, super cool guy. I'll miss him if he's gone, but thankful for the time that we had him for sure. I'll be cheering for him if he's on some, uh, I mean, depends on where he goes. So yeah. <laughs> I'll be cheering for him. Uh, Ned to the Kraken. What? What? <laughs> no, that would be sick. Uh, who's the first goalie you're going to talk about today, sir? Mr. Victor Bratstrom. So, this is who we really thought was going to be our starting goal. I thought this was going to be our starting goalie going into the year. Uh, this guy does the somersaults when he is the player of the game, and I love it. I've met him as a as I've met him a couple times now uh, because he's bought a car from our dealership. Uh, so I've met him twice now, and then I met him at the um, autograph signing. But he played thirty two games the year prior. This year he played eighteen games. Record this year, he was four eight three, and he had two assists, two penalty minutes. He had two assists. He had two assists. <laughs> oh, good for Victor. Good for Victor. Um, the record that he had the year prior, he was, or for last year, sorry, was eleven sixteen and three, one shutout, one assist, two penalty minutes. So he's uh. He's a puck mover when he's got it, getting mm-hmm. those assists. This year's goals against average was 3.71, so it was higher than the um, the year prior from 3.32. Save percentage of 
was down from the year before of 8.894. Played 18 games, started 10. Um, His assist came in the Texas game. It was a loss. And then the other one came in the Manitoba game, and that was a win, so uh, in overtime. I... Victor had a weird year. Um, he didn't get pulled. The only game that he got pulled was that one that he got injured. Right. Um, I th- didn't he? I think he dealt with an injury in the beginning of the season too. Did he? He had a small injury at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So he that's didn't. What, that, that's when Costa stepped in for a couple games. So I mean, the worst game that he played was on the eleventh. Um, he had nineteen shots. He had four goals against, and they pulled him. Um, I mean, he was the best backup we had this year. Oh, hands down. I I mean, I hope we keep him. I I want him to be come back. I've heard rumors that he's not coming back. Yeah, I don't think he's coming back. Um, but he was a solid contributor. Like as the season progressed and he got healthy, like he played really well. I mean, the last game that he played that he got injured in, he played so well, and I was so stoked. And then he pulled. We think it was a groin. It was a grand injury for sure, confirmed. In that game. And that was just like terrible because he played such a good game. The game was close. He only let in, I think, one or two one or two goals that game. But yeah, I mean, it, it, he played really well. Um, I don't know. Like, I think he could be he could be our starter next year if he does come back. Well, I don't know what other opportun- what other options Detroit has. Like, we don't have anybody else that's got the experience that Victor does that's been here that know, that can do it. Victor has the experience, yes, but he doesn't have the veteran presence or leadership the team's going to look for in that position. I mean, you know as well as I do that the, the rumor is he's gone. And with the way he, you look at the goalie system right now with the ones that are coming up the system. They're all young. Right. But where does the team have a place for him right now? And they really don't. I mean, I th- he was a starter last year. He was a start backup this year because of Ned's situation. He was more of a backup the year before too. He never solidified a starting position. So I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know who they would target. I mean, it's all up to Eisman at this point. I don't know who's available and what it looks like out there at this point or not. But yeah, I think he's gone. It's their most important position, and we have nobody. That is experienced. I mean, I was sounding that alarm before the season started, but I mean, I who felt am I? I felt comfortable with Brasham. I'm comfortable <laughs> with them, but there's there's inconsistency, and there's alarming bits of inconsistency in his play. Do you think it's because of the injuries, or do you think it's? I'm gonna assume so, because when he turned it on in last season, it was really good, but then the games he had that were bad, they were really bad. There was never a, wow, Victor lost that game. Dang, like. There were a lot he of games stood on his head. that he gave up five goals. Yeah, that that's the tough part for me and him. Like, again, I love Victor Bradstrom. I would love to see him back here. But I got to put the fan away in my head here and think about what's best for the team. And I don't think that's the right move for the team or organization. Do you think he Playing play- him in Toledo? Sure. I don't know if you'd take that. I don't think he's... Exactly, that's why he's not coming back. Like, that's why I'm calling that. He's not coming back. Do you think if he played with a better team in front of him that the numbers would be much different, or do you think they'd be the same? Well, <laughs> no. I, I, think it would be the, I think it might be the same. Well, because when we talk about the next goalie here and we saw him go play in front of a different team, the numbers didn't change. So I don't I don't know. 
It's t- it's too hard to say. I don't think because I think the games that he was playing at, le- at least the first half of the season, he had the worst of the team in front of him at that point. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he had some shining moments there, but there was a lot of those four, five, six goal games. And they were quick, like two, three goals right in a row. Oh, there was like within minutes or two there was minutes. countless times this season where he let in one and he was rattled. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the other teams got three, four on the board. And then that point, we're we're deflated. We're out of it. Oh yeah, it's done. Fans are done. Team's done. Like that's back when the team lacked the fight they had at the end of the season. Yeah, when people were playing for their jobs. <laughs> Someone should have coached for the gym. Um, oh no! Oh no! Um, yeah, that's all I got for Victor. I'll miss him, but I hope he's back. I hope he's back. I hope he take he. I just hope he's back. I liked him as a person. I liked him as a player. I thought he played well. I feel like you're trying to carry the optimism that I had going into the like maybe playoff run for the whole team. The two percent playoff chance. Yeah. Yeah. I. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know the goalie market for the AHL. So it's hard for me to say like, oh yeah, we should target this person. It doesn't necessarily need to be an AHL goalie. It could be an NHL goalie that's not in his prime anymore. That's what happened with Calvin Pickard, dude. Yeah. He started to not hit that prime moment. He he wasn't finding a consistent seat in the NHL. And then he came down to the AHL and played extremely well in Grand Rapids. And now he's, he's been playing in Edmonton system with Bakersfield. And again, playing extremely well. Yeah. So, I mean, he's their first call-up for Edmonton if Skinner or Campbell goes down. so As he should be. Yeah. I mean, he was a good goalie. And I think that model of a goaltender is exactly what the organization is going to look for in the offseason if Kosa is going to be the other goalie in Grand Rapids. The person that matches the same consistency and skill level as someone like a Pickard is what we're going to see here. Okay. That's my that's my early, early off-season prediction. But the next guy we can talk about, this was an interesting one. This is so odd. It's something I'd never seen happen in an AHL season, at least to where I was paying attention. Maybe it's happened before. Who knows? But So UC Okanora starts the season with the Griffins. It was him and Bradstrom as the tandem. Okanora plays 15 games, and it wasn't great by any means. I uh, posted 3.75 goals against with a .868 save percentage, six wins, eight losses, one shootout loss. I don't remember... His games. <laughs> yeah. If this was before the podcast, it. too. This is before the podcast, but at the same time, you know me, I pay attention enough. Yeah. I don't remember him in goal. Because most of the time, it was pretty forgettable with where we were at at the beginning of the season. I'm sure he'd so, want to forget the season, too. He, he, exactly. So he, he obviously left and went back to Sweden uh, what just a couple months into the season. It wasn't that deep into the year. No. So, and it was as soon as Ned came down. Yeah. That's I think where he like, knew, like... Yeah, he kind of saw the writing on the wall. And I think he was only with the team for, like, two, maybe three weeks. Because they kind of rotated through Ned and uh, Helberg and Victor. Yeah. It was, it was that weird time. And then he, he was like... I think the organization kind of told him, hey, this is kind of where we're headed. And he, he made a decision. Yeah, so he went back to Sweden... Or, yeah, went to Sweden. I guess he wasn't in Sweden before. The year before, he was with Finland's national team and in the KHL. Uh, so he went to play in Sweden in the SHL, and he's only played nine games so far with a 2.69 uh, goals against and a .888 save percentage. So nothing's really changed in his performance there. So we got the best 
that we thought we were going to get out of him. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say that because we thought he was going to do like we what he did. We personally thought he was going to do way more. Yeah, because of the the world championship. Well, yeah, and then what you look at, I mean, I just look at his numbers even in the KHL. He played 36 games, 2.54, or 2.45 goals against and .917 save percentage. That's fantastic. Yeah. If we would have seen that Okanara here, there's a different storyline for the season for sure. But, yeah, he parted ways and it, it sucked. We had really high hopes for him and nothing really came of it, unfortunately. He had glimmers of good goaltending, but there was nothing consistent. It was it was a big consistency piece for him. I think the only thing that was consistent last season was Jeff. Or, wow, Jeff Flashell's record. It was almost the same thing. Except <laughs> Jeff Flashell was actually a good coach when he coached here. It was Ben Simon's record is what I was trying to go for, but I messed up and said Jeff. Uh, yeah, Ben Simon was the most consistent thing on this team, which was a point five hundred win percentage. <laughs> Lucy, I mean, depressed. That was, that was consistent. I mean, it, that's what I'm like trying to figure out with this. Is it, is it the te- was it the team? Was it the style? Was it the goalie? Like, where? What happened? Why was it such a mess this year? But I mean, Ned came in and stabilized it. He had the best overall. Even when we like, I don't know. Are you good with where you at with Lucy? Because yeah, I'm good. The next thing we, I mean, we bring up the goaltender of the year in the ECHL and John Lethman. Yep. He was the next person to play the most amount of games and even he struggled up here. Yep. Mightily. One win, six losses, and two overtime losses. Yep. <laughs> but in Toledo, he was 18-1-3. Just a fully different... I mean, goals against average was 3.88 in Grand Rapids. 2.01 in Toledo. So almost double of what he had. And then save percentage was 0.878, and he was at 0.93 in Toledo. His best game was Chicago versus Grand Rapids. It was on March 29th. One save, two goals. Er, wow, one save. 31 saves, two goals against, 29 uh, saves. was an OT loss, but he had 1.85 goals against average in that game and a 0.935 save percentage. He fought, they start him again on the 31st. So two days later, he has 17 saves, five goals against. Yep. <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde team. Like, that's that That was the performance that we got. He got pulled in that game. Mm-hmm. That, that's it. All, that's all I have for Johnny Lethman. Like, yeah, this sucks because we love Lethman. In our coverage of Toledo, he's become a favorite of ours, obviously. And we wanted him to come in here and just tear it up. Like... We were talking to people around us, like, oh, this guy's going to come in and tear it up. And we got basically the same result we've seen all season in goal for the team, except for, you know, our NHL goaltender in that. <laughs> yeah. So I, mean, I don't I don't fault Lethman for any of these stats that he posted while he was here. No, not at all. Not at all. Like, there's no slander here from <laughs> about Lethman. Like, I thought he played... He played well in Toledo. He's still playing well in Toledo. Yeah. I don't slander many players unless your name is Pontus Andreasen, but Or Nick Harrington. But... Uh, you, know, <laughs> eh, you a player? No. <laughs> I walked into that one. You did. <laughs> that was editing out. Um, so, yeah. I, it just... There's nothing that, nothing bad to say about Lethem in there. I think it was just... Again, I think it was his team. Team in front of him. Yep. I love Johnny. Johnny's a great goalie. 
Johnny's going to be a great goalie. Nice guy, um, too. Very nice guy. But, yeah, he's tearing it up in the ECHL still, and that's all that matters. Do you think he he comes up here full time next year? Backup, emergency backup. What do you what do you? I see Lathaman as the if if Kosa makes the leap, right? Lathaman is for sure the concrete starter in Toledo, one thousand percent. He doesn't make that leap with Kosa unless something crazy happens and I'm completely proven wrong. Now that'd be kind of fun. I mean, I've talked. You being wrong. How I, yeah. <laughs> I've talked before about how much I love the goalie room in Toledo, how it is set up right now, how those two support each other and work with each other so well. I could see them being a good tandem in the AHL still. It does make me nervous, though. And if that, if, I mean, if that's what we're going to lean on, that makes me really nervous. They're both young. Lethman's 26. Coast is 20. In goalie years, that's your, your children. I mean, do you think it's something that they could do where they just kind of grow into it? Like, they're going to throw them in this just sink or swim. And they're going to they're gonna be okay. Like, the organization is going to be okay with them failing kind of thing. Sure, you know? they can make that move, but the fan base will, will turn so quickly. Uh, I mean, does Grand Rapids have fan base? A strong fan base? <laughs> I think, I'd like to think yes. And they just have stopped showing up because the result has been so poor. Um, I think next year will be different. Next year's going to be very different. I'm hoping next year's different. I think the buzz around this team will be a lot higher. I mean, look at the level of prospects that we'll have here most likely, which we'll get into later on in the offseason. Obviously, a deeper run here. But we're going to have some big names that are going to be going to be 100% Red Wings players, if not just NHL players in general. Yeah. Um the team will have the star power that you need to bring in fans, but that that goalie tandem would scare the crap out of me until I saw some proven success. You think it's worse than what we started with this year? I think it's the same. Interesting. Yeah. I would say that's the same as what we started with this year because it's just uncertainty. It is a lot of uncertainty. Like, I don't want to skip ahead to talking about Kosa too much yet, but, like, Kosa struggled in the beginning the beginning of his ECHL tenure with Toledo and people turned on him people turned on him big time which again he doesn't pay attention to that he doesn't care what you think nor should he nor should he We're just <laughs> he's fans. 20 we don't know. he's 20 years old like, he's got plenty of time to figure it out but my biggest concern is you have this first round draft pick goaltender for the Red Wings come into Grand Rapids and he's going to need time to adjust again I don't think he comes in here and posts what he's doing in the ECHL right at the AHL level first 20 games. No, not at all. No shot. No. That's where him and a Lathaman combination makes me nervous, where I think the team needs to find a veteran to go ahead and play with him so where he's not carrying that workload. You have this veteran goalie that's getting the starts. You have Nadelkovich getting the starts. And then you have Kosa playing maybe 10 games in the first half of the season before the All-Star break. That's ideal. Yeah, like I... Like, I want to see him obviously get a lot of workload. I want to see him continue playing. But he's going to need time. Yeah. Um, Sorry, we jumped. So... uh, (laughs) No, I know. We have one goalie in between there to talk about. Or two in between there to talk about. Yeah. Let's circle back. Yeah, we will circle back on that big time. 
Um, so that was Johnny. So the next goalie talk about would be uh, Ryan Bednard. Ryan Bednard. Who was a little surprise for us at the end of the season here. A only, good surprise. It was a good surprise. He only played five games, and he played very well. Um, he was he, he surprised us all, I think. And there wasn't many games where, even listening to the broadcast, Bob Kayser wasn't shocked by how good this guy was playing. So in his five games here is a 1.67 goals against with a .946 save percentage. Uh, one, one win, two losses in that time. Again, this guy was kind of the Magnus Helberg of the AHL. He was a journeyman goalie for sure. He had made his rounds this year. So to give you a quick recap. That's a good little breadcrumb. It it is, right? (laughs) Um, In the 22-23 season, he played for the Wheeling Nailers of the ECHL, the Greenville Swamp Rabbits of the ECHL, the Abbotsford Canucks of the AHL, the Belleville, Belleville Senators... Of yeah. the AHL and the Grand Rapids Griffins, who are also in the AHL, in case you didn't know. Um, and Bednard is actually currently back with Greenville in the play, or he was playing in the playoffs. I don't know if they've moved on or not. I haven't paid very close attention to them, but he did make it back to the team and he is was playing in the playoffs with them. Oh, yeah, here you go. He's played six games in the playoffs uh, and he had two point eight seven goals against. So he's playing well. Yeah, I mean, better than the Griffins' goals. Yeah. No, I mean. This is this this guy's an interesting an interesting story, right? We we didn't know anything about him. He was drafted at one point by the Florida Panthers, and he's just kind of been making his rounds. And all his AHL time was on loans from Greenville. Um, I think he had started the season with ECHL or with the uh, Wheeling Nailers, and got traded to um, Greenville. He's big dude. Yeah, he's huge. He's six five. He's twenty six years old. Falls right into that same range of experiences Letheman does, honestly. It's he's from Michigan, which is pretty funny. He's from Macomb. It's a, it's a guy that might have found his way into this organization with the games he played. There's been plenty of talk about that. Where in the organization? I don't know. Probably in Toledo, I would assume. Probably take Costa's spot. Probably. Coast which is, awesome. I love that move. Fully support it. He's a good enough goaltender to take that spot for sure. Him and him and Lefteman would be a nice tandem down there if that's how that goes. I like it. I enjoyed our time with him. He's he, like again, he's a big dude with a quick glove hand. Yeah, yes. Very does. flashy glove hand too, which always makes it more fun. You, you, a little extra flash that you don't need added. He's really good at adding that. I like it. I do too. Um, yeah, played very well getting thrown into the situation he got thrown into in Grand Rapids because at that point for a while the tandem was. Bednard and Lethevin, which if you had asked me at the start of the season if that was going to be our goalie tandem at the end of the year, I wouldn't have known who one of those guys even is. <laughs> yeah. So, pretty crazy. But I enjoyed our time with him. It was short, but it was nice. Do you think he... So you you think he he's back? I don't, I'm not going to say for sure, yeah, he's back. I think he's opened the door. Yeah. I, I don't know what his contract with whoever team he's actually associated with in the NHL or AHL is actually with right now, but if I, he's unrestricted, I could see him walking into this organization in some form. I'd like to see him back. I thought he played really well. He did have that flash, uh, which stood out to me. Like you just said, you don't remember Usi's games. No, they were boring. But you remember Benders. Yeah. <laughs> because... I mean, they're more recent, too, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. But no, he played 
he had a certain flash about him, um, and he fits the he fits the Steve Eisenman build of goalies. Yeah, he does. He's huge. He's a big guy. He's a big dude. So um, I hope I hope we see him back in some form. I mean, I'd, I not in an injury situation of like he's coming in because somebody's injured, but I I hope to see him back. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I think he could find his way into Toledo if Coso's out. So he played five games. Next guy played what? Four games. A <laughs> uh, little conditioning stint for Magnus Helberg. Uh, so he started the year in Seattle? Or was it Ottawa? And then... He started the year in Seattle with the Kraken. With the Kraken. So they, yeah, started in Seattle. Then He didn't play any games in Seattle, though. He rode the bench. Rode the bench. Wavered to Ottawa. Yep. Played one game. One game and then wavered. And then went back to Seattle, right? No. Oh. No, He can't. that's where Detroit picked him up. Detroit picked him up. Detroit picks him up. He stays. And so... So that's where things started to get interesting in the Detroit side of things. Because we picked him up when one of our two was hurt. I think it was Huso. Yeah. Um, and we were, we were playing the paper moves and goalie moves and the, and the goalie shuffle because Steve liked... He wanted to keep Magnus. Yeah, he clearly sees something in Helberg. And we did too. Um, so he, he's he's trying to figure out how to fit him in the team. How many games do you think he played in Detroit this year? I'm gonna ask you see if you see if you studied. Oh, I didn't study, but I, okay. my guess would be probably ten to twelve. Seventeen. Oh, so that's he played cool. seventeen games up there, and you know, we saw flashes of what eh, the potential that makes is there. sense. This is a guy. This is a guy that I don't think is back with the organization as well. But this is a guy that if we're gonna if he's gonna sign an AHL two way deal, him and Kosa. Sign it up. I'm done. Perfect. Really? How old is he? 31, 32? 32. I was right. That's an interest. That'd be an interesting. He fits the bill for what you want. That's a tough sell. That is a very tough sell. But at the same point, he doesn't have a home. Like I mean, he'll find one back in Sweden if he wants to. Yeah. It's not going to be hard. He's just been wavered, jumped. Like yeah. dropped and picked up and I mean, dropped this is where up. Steve can look at him and say, hey, this isn't an NHL deal, but do you want stability and to play on the same organization for a full season? Yep, and you'd be the first one to call up when uh, we need you. You're the first call up and you get to mentor our rising star goaltender. Our prize chicken. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it's a hard sell, but if Steve Eisman might be one of the best salesmen. Yeah, and that right there, I think, solves Grand Rapids' goalie problem. If that is the tandem, can you imagine those pads? Dude, they'd be sick. (laughs) They would be sick. But could you also just imagine six foot six Magnus Helberg uh, (laughs) in in practice with the giant that is Sebastian Cosa? That would be, uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be an interesting. Well, we talk about you know, like I was saying, Ned and Kosa's goalie style really doesn't match. Helberg and Kosa's matches perfectly. Dude. They both use their size to stay square with the puck, and they don't make anything flashy or crazy. They do what they need to, but half the time it's just I'm gonna let the puck hit me, and I'm gonna either absorb it or I'm gonna shove it into the corner. So I was thinking. I'm going to go on a tangent for a second, but do you, I was thinking about this this morning was that Toledo keeps rotating through goal, like the goalies. They mm-hmm. give Kosa one, then they give Lethemer one. Do you think it's so that the teams aren't really like, 
if you're scouting the goalies and you know their tendencies, but if you're always swapping the goalies, it's hard for the other team to get in rhythm. Do you think that's why they do it? Because they played two different styles? I mean, that makes sense to me. So maybe that maybe the play is not to have two goalies that play the same style. You know, you could be right on that too. It, again, it's, it's only a matter of time until we see. It is a good take, though. I like where your head's at with it. See, I'm getting better, buddy. <laughs> You're getting there. No, uh, I mean, it makes... Either way, it makes sense. Again. Yeah, it makes sense either route you go with it. Like, getting two goalies that play the same style to be able to learn from each other or getting two goalies that are two different styles and maybe they can learn from each other as well to play things a different... A different point of view always helps. All I know is if they could re-sign Helberg, Heather would be very happy. Yeah, he always looks so angry, but he is super nice from what I've heard. Yeah, so he's a nice guy. He won only one game while he was here with us. <laughs> eh. Lost three. Again, he hadn't played in like two, three months. Yeah, it was more of a conditioning stint than anything. It was very much. In the games that we lost, I, I didn't fault him. No, in the like his worst game statistically... Listen, listen, he had 45 shots against. Oh, my God. And he let four goals in. <laughs> like, I, Classic. You, you can't fault that at all. You really can't no, fault that. No, your team just gave up defensively in front of you, and you're like third game back in three months. Here you go. Have fun. Yeah, and that was his last. Who's that against, does it say? Hartford. Wolfpack. Oh and yeah, that the team a, that's still playing right now? Yeah, they're still playing. And they're the last. <laughs> they, uh, it was his last game with Griffins. So... Nice going away present. <laughs> God. Yeah. So that was that was Helbrick's time. So next guy up to talk about is the guy we've been talking about on and off. So I'm actually gonna throw a curveball at you. Talk about your last guy here who only played one game with us, and then we'll go Kosa because Kosa's gonna tie a lot of the things together that we're gonna talk about here. Perfect. I like it. So go ahead. So my last goalie for me to talk about played one game. Half a game. Played 31 <laughs> minutes out of a 60-minute game. Uh, no wins, no losses, no ties. Came in for relief of Johnny Droppin uh, because of that game on March 31st where he gave up those five goals. God, that game was rough. And I wasn't there because it was the last day of the month, but you were there. And what I remember you talking about, and we were running the podcast at the time too, so the mm-hmm. thing you said was that team just went right into a defensive shell to protect their goalie at all costs. Yeah, the team went into entire defensive shutdown, the other team play. Um, he only had seven shots against. He made yep. seven saves, so he didn't give up a goal. So statistically speaking, he was our best goalie for the year. You didn't <laughs> say his name yet. Uh, Dylan St. Saint- St. Cyr. St. Cyr. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. He needed I mean, no introduction. <laughs> he really didn't. I mean, he came into a terrible situation in that game. It was his first pro hockey experience that he's had. Um, he was very scattered, but the team in front of him definitely held it down. And they almost mounted a comeback even in that game, which would have been even more wild to see with him in net. But, I mean, yeah, this was this was an emergency situation signing for sure. An emergency, 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 emergency sign. That's what it felt like. <laughs> like I mean, we rotated you look at him, like... he does not fill the, fill the uh, build of Steve Eiserman goalies. No, not at all. His he shoulders super... barely touched the crossbar. He was super tiny from what I remember yeah. everybody saying. Like, and he might not be really that tiny, but compared to what we've been seeing with Bednar that time, Lethemidin, yeah. Ned, Ned, like, he, he was a 
He was a short dude. It was a whole different experience having him in there. Again, cool for him to get that moment uh, with his first pro hockey game that he got to play. I wish it would have been under better circumstances. He's also five foot eight. So he's, yeah, he's a little bit. He's about compared to what we have. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's a, shorter he's than a us. smaller guy. He's only twenty three years old. Because I'm six foot, you know. <laughs> I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna comment on this. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I mean, that's really it for St. Cyr. He had that one game, and that was it. It was a weird, very weird time of goalies. I don't know where he's at now. Uh, nowhere signed right now. This was his first pro experience out of after playing uh, at Michigan State. That's what I thought. He was at Michigan State. Yeah, he was at MSU. Um, yeah, I think it was just last season he was at MSU. So they finished their season. They signed him for a or just this whole. He just finished the season at MSU, and then... So yeah, signed here. So he'd still play to MSU this year. I don't know if he's going back to MSU or what. I don't think he can if he signed a pro contract. It was a, like a, it was a tryout. It wasn't a contract. Oh, okay. It was only on a PTO, the professional tryouts. But yeah, that's all we got there. All right, let's talk about the big guy. The huge guy. The big guy. The young guy. The young guy. Sebastian Cosa. The future. The, the future. <laughs> and after. You ask me that you say that to me after the the start of the season, I go, huh? And then I you, you ask me that now, and I say, yeah, for sure, the future. Because again, Seabass had a rough start to his pro hockey career. Yeah. So he played three games only with the Griffins, and they were in the beginning of the season. They were in the very beginning of the season. Again, I think it was either Okanora or Bradstrom were injured, and he got the call up. Man. He won his first game. You were at. I was at his first game. I remember seeing that behemoth step on the ice the first time, and I was just like, oh, my God. What did Steve Eiserman just give us? Because <laughs> this dude is massive, and he's quick. He's very good at staying square with the puck in his position. And, you know, he's he's commented before about how he just likes to use his size and make sure he stays square with the puck and just let it hit him. He's not gonna, you know, be flashy butterfly saves left and right. He he's he's very Vasilevsky like, yeah, in his play, um, and hopefully one day will be better than him, which is very possible. He the the sky is the limit for this kid right now, but his AHL stats would say otherwise. But I don't count those at all towards him whatsoever, because uh, those three games he had the one win, two losses, five point five seven goals against. And uh, a .783 save percentage. And that 5.57 goals against is from the one game he played in Chicago where Chicago lit him up for like seven. And that's where the team, until Okanora stepped in, the team had played like absolute garbage in front of him. They were non-existent almost. Chicago walked into the zone like it was just a Sunday stroll. Jesus. And then all of a sudden, switched the goalies and something snapped and the Griffins won that game. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that's you the crazy that, comeback yeah. one. The day after Detroit did their crazy comeback against Pittsburgh. Yeah, man, Kosa. I don't, I don't count Kosa's three games in the AHL besides his first pro win. Like, I don't count these games at all. He's a completely different goaltender from when he was here, and he's tearing it up. Yeah, he's still playing really well. I mean, I didn't even get to watch him until we. I went to Kalamazoo to watch him. Yeah. And I was blown away just, like, one, how big he was. 
Two, he's n- he never moves. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, he doesn't have to. He, he never scrambles. He never has to. Like, he's literally always squared up to the puck. And the goals that he gives up has been, like, deflections or he's been screened or, it's, like, just odd, odd goals. It's nothing soft. It's not like, oh, man, I, he probably wishes he had that one back. He's great on the breakaway. Oh, my God, yeah. When we went to Toledo, we watched him. Yeah, we... No, he didn't play in Toledo, did he? Yeah, he did. He played the game we went there. They lost. Oh, yeah. But they, he played. And they, he stopped they the break... shootout. Yeah, he stopped the breakaways until the, the shootout. So, I mean, he played really well. I mean, I'm excited. I think... That was also the same weekend where he played Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, they gave him a bigger load because Leatherman was up here. Yep. So, I think... As much as I would love to see him here in Grand Rapids next season, I think he needs one more year in the ECHL. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I would say give him another full year of like taking the load, like being the front, not rotating, being the front, being the starter. Give him the 40, 50 games. Hmm. How many years was he in Edmonton? Two? Um... For the Oil Kings? Three. Three. He played three full seasons there. 33 games the first season, 19 the second COVID year. Yep. And 46 the next. How many games did he play this year for? Toledo? Yep. 46. That's quite a bit. Yeah. He's played a ton of hockey. 46 in Toledo plus his three here. All right, then scratch that. (laughs) I mean, no, I, I get where you're going with it, but at the same time... I don't what, think Steve's going to let that happen. What's going to be better for his development? Being in the AHL. As a backup. I don't think he's the backup for the full season. Right, the first half and then the second half he's... I think the first half he is acclimated and not just... Because he was tossed in as the starter in Toledo. Yeah. Like, here you go. You just you, you just got killed in Grand Rapids by like 46 shots a game. Hey, kid, have fun. You're yeah. going to go down the, the coast and you're going to split games with Lathaman, but you're still going to end up playing 46 freaking games. I'm only playing devil's advocate here, too. Oh, I know you are. (laughs) Oh, I know you are. I think you're wrong. I think he is here next year. I think he is here next year, too. I think he starts the season as a backup and earns that starter spot. They're not going to hand him a starting AHL position. Nor should they. No, he's got to earn it. And So what, you think two years here in Griffin's? I'd say two or three. It's, so this year as a backup, and I'd then say, to going to the start is what you if, like. What's your projected path for? If I can see the future, as you can. No, I cannot. <laughs> um, he starts the season as a backup here. He then takes over the starting position. He is the starter by the end of this coming season. I'm going to assume that the Griffins finally freaking get back in the playoffs in this season. The following season, Kosa is the solidified starter on this team. He is here for the entire season. He might see a glimpse of Detroit if there's injury. Third season, he still starts his season here in Grand Rapids, but by the end of it, he is in Detroit permanently. As a starter? As No, as the backup. <laughs> I'm not rushing him. He's 20 years old. That puts him at 23. That's so young. How many goalies in the NHL are 23 years old finding success? Not many. Yeah, even the ones that did. They're not successful anymore. Correct. Well, 
Don't say any more because that means that they're done. But well, like, yeah, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I think that, again. So I said this in the episode we deleted. Um, the I the stood ball. on my soapbox here for Kosa. He's going to come into this team, and he's not going to be Andre Vasilevsky. He's not going to come in here and be lights out every single game that he starts in the first half, or maybe even in the first full season. This fan base better leave him the heck alone. Like, don't write this kid off. Goalies are weird. Goalies take time. They're voodoo. They are. They take time to develop. That path I just laid out puts Kosa at 23 years old, finally getting to being an NHL backup. That is, if he progresses the way he has been the last three years. Correct. In which, I mean, you look at his stats when he played in Edmonton. Started off slow. Turned it around. And won championships with Edmonton Oil Kings. Started off season slow here. And in Toledo. Is playing and he's gonna he's gonna be playing for a Kelly Cup at this point. Kosa's gonna take time. Don't turn on him. You can't. You got to be understanding and but hopefully, like I said, hopefully the team is smart about it and there's a solidified starter in front of him in Grand Rapids at the beginning of the season. If they throw him into that starter's role, that is the dumbest decision they could make, and I'd really question what Sean Horkoff's doing with the team. I I feel like you're really angry right now, Brandon. No, I'm not. <laughs> I feel I'm like just... people were kind of against Kosa in the be- not against him, but they were kind of harping him on the beginning of the season. Oh, they were against him. And now I think they understand that goalies are voodoo. He is young. He right. needs time. And he's been able to show and prove a lot of people like, Listen, hey, this is the potential that you guys have on me, and here I am performing. Yeah, and there's well, see, there's a perception of the ECHL, which needs to disappear at this point, because in the last two to three years, the ECHL has become an extremely competitive and talented league. It used to be just... It's hockey. Now it's like, okay, this is professional hockey. These guys are good across the whole league. It's just some fans don't show up. Um, <laughs> In Cincy. Yeah, exactly. Cincy fans don't show up. Cincy fans don't show up. Neither did Indy fans. Toledo fans show up. Toledo fans show up in an army of people. But the Coast is a much more challenging league. And I remember looking back and forth, you know, you'd see the wing share, like they're waiting in the wing series and they did that episode with Kosa and the first 30 comments you see on this video is, yeah, but look at his AHL numbers. Yeah. Screw he, off. There's, there's too much comparison between him and Wallstat. Yes. Oh my God. And Wallstat's a t- an incredible goaltender. I'm not going to say that he's, he's not old. good. He's older, isn't he? He's a year older. A year older. Okay. In goalie time, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't start the season in Iowa as their starter, and he's transitioned halfway through their season as their starter. They didn't make, they didn't go far in the playoffs. No, um, and they were really streaky the whole season too. Very inconsistent. But when I'm talking about you know a year difference, what am I saying? Kosa's going to look like next year? Not the starter, and by the starter by the end of the season, if he's doing that, he's on the exact same developmental path as Wallstead. Yeah, he just got a, a season in a lower league, but it's still an extremely talented league. Yeah, and I mean he and I mean he's got a championship with the Oil Kings. Can he get a championship at the Kelly Cup? I hope so. Can he get one in the Calder? Oh, I mean, could you imagine his mindset? I couldn't. It's incredible. (laughs) His mindset in every interview you see of him is, I want to be the best at the level I'm currently playing at before I move up to that next level. That's all he wants to do is he wants to maximize his talent in that level. And then take what he learns and goes to the next level and do the exact same thing. Start the process over. I'm at the bottom of this. I'm going to work my way up. 
So it's going to take time. He's like, he's like a fish in a pond. And then he's just getting upgraded to a bigger pond because he becomes the big fish. <laughs> I, perfect. That was, that was beautiful. He becomes the big fish. He just needs a bigger pond or a bigger bowl to move to. And I mean, this is <laughs> going from the bang tanked. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, the at the end of the day, let's be real. The team that played in front of all eight of these goalies was not a team that any goalie wants to have in front of them at this point. The team was not what they needed. You thought the ECH was tough on goalies. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Grand Rapids. <laughs> Holy smokes. So... <laughs> Again, new coaching staff is going to change everything all the way. I mean, new goalie coach even next year. Everything's going to be different. It's just a matter of time to see what it's actually going to look like. Yeah, which makes me excited for next season. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. It's going to be a good time. But I think that's where we should wrap goalies. So out of the eight goalies, we think we have two. <laughs> and they were not the two we started the season with. <laughs> I mean, you still have... Bednar down in Toledo too, but yeah, he's not on the perfect. He's not on the AHL radar, at least for another year. And we have two college goalies. That yes, huge. That who knows where. And there's no are. way Eiserman doesn't draft another one this year. Yeah, if he's, I mean, Eiserman's smart. He, he'll draft another goalie as he should. Yep, load him up. Because goalies are voodoo. Anything else for goalies? Anything else we need to? No, I mean that covers all again. eight goalies. Oh yeah. my god. I guess that takes us to the HL playoffs. We talked. We talked to NHL last week. Yeah, we talked briefly on it. So nothing much has changed besides Toronto won a playoff series. Toronto won a series. They're about to get swept by the Florida Panthers at this rate. They are going to get swept. Boston (laughs) lost. Oh, poor Bert. Poor Bert. And uh, it's funny that Bertuzzi got traded to them, and they win the Presidents Cup, and then they, of course, you have the Presidents Cup curse or Presidents Trophy uh, curse of losing in the first round. In a game seven, but Burt was their best player. Burt was their best player. Um, you have Kraken advancing against Colorado, and you got Edmonton advancing against LA. That series, LA versus. Um, wow, why did I say LA? LA. Oh, <laughs> Edmonton versus. Oh, Vegas. Vegas. That's been a fun one. That's been interesting. And then you've got. Edmonton smoked them last night. Yeah, five to five. Five to one, yeah. Five to one. That's crazy. Uh, which I mean, we th- I th- a lot of my brackets have Edmonton going to the finals or I have Dallas Edmonton winning the cup. Yeah, I don't. Know. I just want to see McDavid smile. That <laughs> that be the f- that's like the first Canadian, Canadian team. team. To do, yeah, they're gonna do it before Toronto does. So the AHL playoffs have gotten more interesting. Okay, so explain the AHL playoffs because this is super weird. It's so super different. They do. AHL's dumb. Uh, they do a play-in, basically a play-in round for some of the teams in each division. Um, Central Division only had one or two. No, they had sorry one play-in round going. It was Iowa and Rockford, and Rockford ended up winning that. That's a best of three. Three. So, yeah, it's a best of three series. It's super weird. First, or first true round of the playoffs is a best of five. So that's your going to be your division semifinals. And then division finals are also best of five. Conference finals and Calder Cup finals are best of seven. Super, super strange. I don't like it. I don't oh. understand what that best of three and why why any playoff series is a best of five. That makes zero sense whatsoever. How the format can't be the same across all three leagues, I really don't understand. This is probably why people don't like, the teams don't like the commissioner. This has been set up like this for years. 
they need to change it to game seven. Like seven game series, you're going to make so much more money. You can put more into the league. Like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it makes zero sense. And what I've noticed too, just looking across the AHL is like the way this is set up and their schedule is just garbage. The fans don't show up for these games. It's. They have less fans at the Cincy games. No, they probably look about the same, honestly. <laughs> oh. Just from video, I mean, I'm, I'm not watching these games. I didn't, I didn't buy the playoff subscription. I, I knew what was gonna. Really? I thought you would have in like February when the Griffins no, were on that tear. Shut up, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, good thing I talked you out of that one. Yeah. Right. So the division semifinals actually wrapped up this weekend. Okay. So uh, yesterday they all wrapped up. So so who's still you, in this dance? Well, I mean, do you want a rundown of how those semifinals went? Or do you want just a rundown of who's in the finals? What do you want? Sure. What do you want? <laughs> I don't know. Dealer's choice. I don't know. All right, I'll give you the, I'll give you the division semifinal rundown. It's quick. Uh, Hartford knocked out Providence three games to one. Was that a big upset? That is actually a big upset. Okay. Um, Hershey uh, knocked out Charlotte three to one. Toronto knocked out Utica three to one. Uh, Rochester knocked out Syracuse three to two. Texas swept the Ice Hogs three nothing. Milwaukee advanced uh, against Manitoba three to two. Calgary advanced over Abbotsford three to one, and Coachella advanced over Colorado three to two. So that lines up the division finals again. This is another best of five. So it's Hershey Hartford. That's going to be fun for the fans out there for sure. Um, Toronto, Rochester should be an interesting series. Those those cities are pretty close. Mm-hmm. They it's not, it's not that well. bad. Uh, Texas, Milwaukee. Yeah. So a little, little fun matchup there. Askarov's been playing very well in the playoffs, so I've heard. Um, and then Calgary, Coachella, which Calgary has the upper hand at Coachella in this one, I think. So this should be, this should be a tight one. So... Interesting stuff. Texas and Milwaukee are exactly who I thought would be playing for the Central Division at this point. Texas has been good all year. <laughs> Texas swept Rockford. Like Milwaukee was very like hot and cold. Milwaukee is hot and cold, but I mean, again, their goaltender was brand new and he established himself. So, but yeah, that's the full rundown um, of the AHL playoffs and where they stand now. None of the finals games have started yet. It looks like the majority of them, this, again, AHL scheduling is stupid. We're recording this on Sunday, what, the 7th? The next round doesn't start until the 11th on Thursday. Five days? Five days. Why? Some teams don't play till the Friday. Texas and Milwaukee don't play till Friday. They just like to drag this thing out. Yeah. Like, if they did a seven-game series... But then I look at so I'll use I'll use Milwaukee and Texas for example Friday May twelfth Saturday May thirteenth Wednesday May seventeenth Friday May nineteenth and Sunday May twenty first so odd. or a Thursday Saturday Wednesday Friday so basically they only play except for the first games that start on Thursday it's either Wednesday Friday Saturday or Sunday they don't do games on other days which I mean I'm guessing is for an attendance side of things but it ain't working it's so strange so very strange. AHL playoffs are going pretty much exactly how most fans thought they would based on who who's still in it at this point. Um, I still have, shockingly, I think I have Coachella winning the Calder Cup in their first season. 
nice on the to... back of Shane Wright. <laughs> that was last episode. We just slandered oh, yeah. Shane Wright. We did the entire... slander Shane Wright. The deleted <laughs> episode is just Shane Wright slander the entire time. Um, no, we're not getting into him again. Um, well, anything else you want to add for this week? Says we've gone completely off the rails here. Not really, but we're always off the rails. This train never stays straight. No. Maybe we need to add a third person to keep us on track. I think that'll make it worse. It possibly could. Um, I don't have anything else. Yeah, I can't really think. I mean, we got two Toledo games. It's nothing new. We got two Toledo games coming up. Wednesday. Broom's out. Get ready to sweep the series. I I honestly think they could sweep it. Oh, I think they 100% could. I'm just not going to get my hopes up for it. Because playoff hockey is a weird animal. I hope they... I hope they do. I hope they just sweep this one, sweep the next. I just hope to see the bank tank packed on a Wednesday just to shove it to everybody else. That would be sick. And I mean, based off what we just saw for how many tickets are left, it looks like it will be. So Yeah. But um, cool, man. I have nothing else to add unless you want to throw one last curveball. No? Yeah? No. But thanks for tuning in this week. Everyone have a great week. Go walleye, and we'll talk to you next week. Love you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Hockeytown West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeytownWPod and your host, Nick at GR Hockey Guy and Brandon at Brandon GR Hockey.